0: Here we go. It's Sunday
1: school. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School, starring Penn Jillette. My name is Michael Gudeau, Penn, Matt, Reddy Rich, and I are broadcasting from our separate homes in Las Vegas. I want to hear this. So on today's episode, we'll ask Mask why his teeth are yellow, and during that explanation, <laughs> maybe he'll give us a foolish recap. And Gudeau's wife explains that he was not sold a can of air
0: paint. Here he is preaching love, Mr. Pendulette. Yeah, we got nothing. We had um, <laughs> nothing to billboard there. Uh, you expect me
1: to believe that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we pretty much nothing to billboard there. Uh, uh what well, doesn't matter? We don't get to it anyway. The billboard is just a, um, <laughs> it's, it's some sort of, it's vestigial. It's like the, uh, the tail of the old world monkeys. You know, it's just not, <laughs> not doing its job anymore.
2: It's really like, uh, like those restaurants where you can like accept the offer or not, right? It's just, it's just an offer that goes by that we kind of wave away from the table and keep going.
1: <laughs> all right. All right. I'll accept that. You know, there is a
0: place in, uh, in, boy, do I love this. This is what I, I think I've said this before. This is the way I'd like to eat all the time, but vegan fucked it up. There is a sushi place in the valley in LA. Um, that you go into, and he just brings you food. Right. It's, it's one guy. Oh, I do like One that. sushi chef, and you sit down, and he asks you nothing. And he puts food in front of you <laughs> until you leave. And you cannot cheat. You cannot cheat. I tried. He gave me this great crab thing, and I went, wow, this is really, really good. Really good. <laughs> Didn't do anything. Next thing was something totally different. <laughs> I'd eat more of those. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it ends up being an incredible, uh, uh, business model because he, um, he can go to the fish store in the morning and see what is properly priced and good deals and fresh. And then he just, is able to parcel it out during the day. So he's he's decreased the waste so much that it was really very, very good quality food at very reasonable prices. And I also love the fact that I got to um, try different stuff, you know. That was just a wonderful feeling. Hmm. But now that I'm, you know, the world's pickiest eater because I'm vegan, <laughs> uh, I can't do that anymore. But I used to love going to a restaurant and just saying, yeah. bring me food. Whatever you want.
1: I always thought it'd be a good restaurant idea to just call it breakfast with the king. And you show up and you have whatever the king is having. <laughs>
3: it's omakase, by the way.
0: Oh, that's the sushi restaurant.
3: That's the name of the place? That's the name of that style of sushi.
0: Oh, really? It's, it's a common thing that's done in other places?
3: It's a chef's pick deal.
0: Yeah. Nice. I like it. I'm surprised there aren't more restaurants like that. you just go, I guess it must not hold up in a business model the way I think it would. Because there must be like groups of people go and you've always got some people right. that won't do that. Yeah. So They've got to have other stuff on the menu. But you're right. It would, it would make it cheap, inexpensive, you know. I'll give you whatever I want. If you don't want that, you get a grilled cheese. You just do that. Yeah. It could be called great food or grilled cheese. <laughs> But that's pretty much how I eat now. I mean, Emily uh, cooks supper, yeah, and I eat whatever she serves, and it's fabulous all the time.
2: Oh, uh, she uh, she just made a uh, thing of uh, tomato sauce, but not tomato. I mean, there's a bunch of vegetables in it, but a, a pasta sauce.
0: Yeah, well, it's called boy, it's called boy, boyonnaise. Yeah, it was it was a recipe in the New York Times uh, for boyonnaise. but you know, boyonnaise means meat sauce, right? Right, and there was no meat in it. No. Just really good. <laughs>
2: it was, it was
0: I, I just ate it
2: by the spoonful without putting it before I even put it on pasta. So good. It's great.:
0: And uh, because it's my wife's birthday, last night, happy uh, birthday.: Yeah, happy birthday to Emily Gillette. Um, last night, uh, I stayed up, you know, till midnight, which is late for me now, to uh, wish her a happy birthday. And just as I was going to bed, uh, our son Z had come down to the kitchen and he had decided to bake a cake for, uh, for <laughs> Emily. Uh, and he told me, uh, which should I pick? Chocolate or vanilla? Because there were two mixes there. And I said, I, I don't know. And he said, uh, pick a, uh, uh, pick one of them. I don't care which one. I said, no, you pick. He said, I don't care which one. I have assigned each one of them a number and you pick a number, and that's the one I'll make. I said, seven. He said, it has to be one or two. He said, it has to be between one and two. And he said, you're not allowed to pick 1.5. I said, 1.6. He said, I've rounded that up to two. You just pick chocolate. <laughs> so we got the chocolate all mixed up. And then... Uh, he went to Emily and said, if you had a choice of chocolate chocolate vanilla cake, which would you choose? She said, I don't care. Whatever you want. Anything. <laughs> he said, no, pick one. She said, vanilla. He said, okay. And went down and started <laughs> another cake.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I went into Moxie's room and I said, Moxie, uh, I'm going to bed. But there's a very good chance your brother will burn down the house so maybe you should go help him. (laughs) And Mox said, okay. And I went down because I pretend to go to sleep at, you know, 12, but then at four in the morning, I'm up. I haven't slept at all. So I came down to uh, eat. And it looked like there had been a cake explosion. (laughs) Um, They had gotten the cake out of the pan, but by handfuls. (laughs) <laughs> and then they had chocolate frosting they just kind of as far as i could tell smeared around the kitchen like the manson family <laughs> they just ridden piggy in you know in chocolate frost cake, cake by the handful that's what emily woke up to <laughs>
1: That's our next restaurant. That's the dessert place. The dessert place next to, the, to our all-you-want restaurant is cake, is cake by the handful. <laughs> <laughs> you'll come in and you'll put on like the hazmat suit.
2: <laughs> I have seen, I've seen a, a thing where you take a, uh, like a wine glass, basically. You just take it to a cake. You just scoop it out like ice cream, and you flip it over and eat it out of a wine glass. And uh, your kids could have tried to quickly recover and shoved it all in the cups with icing on the top.
0: (laughs) They don't, uh, my children do not have, they they take after their father. Okay. They do not have ego based on achievement. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We did this cake thing. The outcome does not matter. (laughs) <laughs> we did the cake thing. It's the thought that counts.
2: Was uh, your, your wife happy with their cake efforts?
0: Uh, in order to fulfill her parental obligations, yes. <laughs> but, but not a bit beyond that. <laughs>
1: Were you sent out for cake the next day? <laughs> no. Cake- you have to solve the cake?
0: No? Didn't seem very... Very important. Because my, uh, my wife also, you know, they're opening up the vaccine broader and broader. Yes. And they also have expired doses. So my wife also got her first jab. Oh, right. good. Is she
1: a fives? She's five,.: yeah. All right, good. <laughs> That's good and, news. Uh,
0: and you're still waiting, right, Matt?
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't gone back to the, the
0: line yet. Um, and ready? are you waiting still?
3: I'm sitting at home, so it doesn't really matter all that much to me right now. But yeah, I'm waiting. Here's a question for you, Penn. Please. If, <laughs> if Reddy and I found a way
2: to, to get jabbed, mm-hmm. would you want to go back to the
0: studio? I think if we all had double jabs and a week or so after, I think we could consider the studio.
2: Okay. That is, we could uh, talk
0: about it. That'd be, be fun. <laughs>
2: I it's I, I can't. I, it'll be crazy. It'll be a weird feeling. I mean, we th- we I think about the first time performing we on stage. I I didn't in my emotional compass have this feeling of like, oh, could you imagine us all in Ready Rich's living room again? <laughs> but it really would be pretty crazy.
1: I don't remember where Ready Rich lives. <laughs>
3: Aren't you all kind of assuming I still want your dirty asses back over? <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: fair enough
1: fair enough <laughs> uh, i went down between shows and and told my wife that we had been talking about having been, me having been sold a can of air instead of paint <laughs> and she pointed out that no it was a can of lumps <laughs>
2: <laughs> too lumpy to be air <laughs> yep
1: nope <laughs> It was not a can of air. There were definitely lumps.
0: (laughs) I'll tell you, uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for varnish. But I guess varnish is now out of fashion. The word varnish or just the use of it? The use of varnish. Oil-based, clear stains.
1: Oil-based is very difficult to clean up.
0: Yeah, but boy, the smell of turpentine. (laughs) Turpentine and varnish... Yeah, my brother was used to do a lot of oil painting
2: and had turpentine uh, on hand for that when he was young. And boy, I love the smell of turpentine.
0: My dad also had words that I'd never heard anybody else use for painting. Heard the word "holiday" for painting. My my dad (laughs) my dad would say when I would be painting a wall with him, "Well, you got a holiday over here," meaning you miss a spot. Oh. I don't know. Don't even know what that usage is. makes sense. That sounds
1: like Australian. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's
1: the way they do those kind of things.
0: My dad was from Revere Beach in Boston, so there were things he said that no one understood. You know. <laughs> yeah. He would say tonic for soda, stuff like that.
2: <laughs> we're all set here.
0: <laughs> you are
2: all set. My dad had tonic. And I'd be like, oh, I want soda. And then I'd sip
0: tonic and be like, "Whoa, oh, boy, do I not want soda.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, my dad would say, uh, you have it, a tonic? And he meant, you know, Coca-Cola, right. orange, orange, orange soda.
1: But wasn't, uh, doesn't tonic imply a medicine or a cure? I mean,
0: well, that's what that stuff was, though. Yeah. Moxie, right. Moxie and Coke and all those things were first sold medicinally. They said, wait a minute. If we put speed and sugar and <laughs> fizz it up, we can sell this shit to everybody, not just sick people. We can cure fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just speed the shit out of everybody, make it a whole country of Johnny Cash.
3: <laughs> did your dad slip any prison lingo in there? No, my dad didn't. Uh,
0: my dad did not seem to be uh, at all affected by being a prison guard. Uh I can't, you know, it was, a, as I said, it was a little county county jail. Right. My dad didn't have, when you see, you know, whatever they call them, the bulls or whatever in in uh, television shows and movies Yeah. about jail guards, my dad had none of those qualities. My dad was, you know, pleasant and kind and, you know.
2: Just punch the clock. Just, just a guy. Just a guy.
0: Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how hard, it was. must have been terrible for him. But none of that leaked into our lives.
2: Most of the adventures just happened between the actual officers, right? Those are the bigger stories.
0: Well, yeah, I've told that story a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One officer shooting another, which is a good day in jail for the prisoners. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I still remember that you found that script of him hosting a talent show at the jail. Which oh, I yeah, stole. yeah. I still I can't. That at least is always like a neat like little window into, into you being in show business to me, that maybe your dad had a little more flair to him than i
0: thought well my dad was a singer my dad sang at weddings yeah. for extra money and stuff and my dad liked to tell a joke or two and uh you know my dad ran a coin business right and that kind of retail collector retail is very um uh jovial based you know my dad was a
2: social and
0: very social personality and my dad lectured on uh you know on mechanical banks uh-huh. And on coins, he would uh, he would give lectures to you know clubs. He you know he'd drive uh-huh. fifty miles to give a lecture.
1: Did he have a mechanical bank collection of some sort?
0: He had one of the biggest. They were, they were amazing.
1: And is that where, where did that get sold off, or do you have that? Yeah, thing? he
0: sold it. He sold it before he died. My oh, okay. dad was um, uh, very aware of not leaving. My sister and me to have to deal with um, uh, all sorts of stuff we couldn't sell. Although I still have a very large collection of coins that he gave me the day I was born. Oh, wow. um, I will not sell, but my children will. (laughs) Right, right, right. That's the way that's done. You don't want to save them that trouble? (laughs) Uh, No, because I don't have the skills. Right. I don't have the skills that, you know, my dad had.
1: Well, you've heard of their cake skills. They're not going to be good at selling (laughs) coins. z's gonna uh (laughs) maybe if you die before me i'll call your kids and see if i can buy those coins off them (laughs)
0: i'll give you double face value that's exactly twice (laughs) what they're what they say (laughs) i've
2: assigned a number to each of these coins and if you guess the right number i'll give you one
0: (laughs) he always outsmarts me no matter what he does always
2: that's a that's really (laughs) funny uh,
0: have you, do you know what those coins are that you were given as a kid? Uh, I have a collection of pennies and I have a collection of um, complete set of silver dollars like every year. Oh, wow. Uh, which some of the earlier ones are very valuable. They're all in a, um, they're all in a safe deposit box.
2: And you don't use any for palming or doing coin routines or anything like that?
0: I don't. Although when we're, doing, you know, we're doing a coin routine for the next season to fool us. Right. And I'm thinking, uh, I think about my dad a lot during that. I think about how my dad would say, let me give you a nicer set of, uh, points <laughs> to do that with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause I went on like, I had to buy silver dollars and I went like on Amazon. Yeah. Bought, you know, silver dollars and thought about my dad would, it would say, no, you want proofs and keep them nice and here's what you want to do. And, I felt I betrayed my dad somewhat by buying shitty coins. <laughs> did, you, did you ever watch any of his uh,
2: singing performances? No, but I have, a, I have a recording. Oh, you do? That must be yeah. crazy. I know. It's like I got to see my dad in a couple of trials when he was when I was younger, and I wish I'd seen it more. I'm sure he thought it'd be so boring. I always thought it was so exciting to go to the courthouse and see real court cases happening. But I guess also when you're dealing with like high stakes things like how long a criminal goes to jail or whether they go to jail, having your kid watch along maybe isn't like the most comforting feeling.
0: (laughs) Dad, dad. (laughs) Um, Did he ever hook his uh, thumbs under his suspenders? (laughs) No, 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 no. Or or have like long cigar
2: ash to distract the jurors. (laughs) (laughs) You know the gag on that, right? Uh, Is a, a, a toothpick, right?
0: Pin, a pin, yeah. A pin. Yeah, yeah. straight yeah. pin will yeah. make the ash in your cigar stay forever. That's a very useful skill if you ever become an attorney and smoking is again allowed <laughs> in courthouses. the
2: courthouses, yeah, yeah, You'll yeah. You'll
0: be very happy I told you that.
2: Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember I worked in, you know, in a humidor, uh, um, and to keep to keep it in the theme of the show where someone died. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. Uh, um, I worked <laughs> in a humidor. And and really well made cigars, the ashes could get a could could get like an inch or two long on a really well made cigar without falling off, uh, and that was like a sign of quality in a cigar as well. Were
0: you like a uh, uh, like a like a cigar steward? Did you did you discuss them?
2: Yeah, yeah. I took a crash course, read 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 a couple of books when they hired me, and and uh, and we go to cigar shows and stuff like that. And I would talk to guys who were considered tobacconists and figure out. The Kind of things that go into a good cigar, so I could talk yeah, about Piff, it in the shop.
0: Piff likes to, to, likes to smoke cigars.
2: Yeah, when we, when we toured, I would have, I would have, um, I'd ha- we, we, we'd smoke a cigar and I'd, I'd sometimes help pick out a good one for him.
0: And where would you smoke it?
2: Uh, outdoors. You know, uh, the two times I've smoked it were, I can remember two cigars, and they were both just one was outside the hotel and one was outside the actual tobacco place in like a, the mall where the comedy club
0: was outside. Because uh, I, uh, Dr. Stockdale, who wrote the music for Bullshit,
2: yeah.
4: a
0: good friend of mine, uh, he had me sit down and have a cigar with him, and I just got wicked fucking sick.
2: Yeah, uh, when I first, you know, I basically was like tasked with smoking a cigar or two a week to get better at it or whatever, and uh, some of them were stupid strong, crazy, crazy strong, both nicotine and then uh, lithium. There's lithium content in the soils of a lot of the popular uh, tobacco places, and so you can actually get pretty overwhelmed. And then there's also no filter, so you're taking in, you know, the pretty, pretty, pretty big bellows of, of dark smoke. And if you inhale at all,
0: what does lithium do?
2: Lithium uh, is a is a um, depressant; it mellows out your your head. So there's often like a, a, a an enjoyment of both the nicotine as a stimulant and lithium as a uh, depressant fighting it out. Uh, in your system as you, as you sit there. So it's, it's, it's definitely a more intense experience than people think.
0: But they can't, uh, are there places you can go and smoke a cigar now, or is that totally gone? Uh, in Vegas, it's- There was a cigar bar at Caesars, right?
2: Yeah, and there still are a lot of cigar lounges around town, cigar lounges and hookah lounges around town, where their, their sole purpose is to allow smoking in those establishments, and so that they don't serve food or alcohol, and so they can do that.
0: Because uh, when I went to see Blues Traveler, you know, uh, I wanted to hang out and talk afterwards to them. And uh, they were in the cigar bar, and it was incredible. It was like, uh, you know, you couldn't see in front of you. It was so smoky.
2: Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Crazy. Yeah.
2: I used to enjoy that. I don't now.
0: (laughs) Did your clothes smell like cigars all the time? Yeah. And people have, a, people have much more
2: romantic notions about cigar smoke. There's a, there's a difference of smelling like cigar smoke than there is smelling like cigarette smoke. Yeah. Uh, everyone has like a favorite uncle or somebody who smokes cigars. So when they smell cigars on you...
0: My dad smokes cigars. He likes
2: Yeah. And that's it. My, same thing. My, my Uncle Henry, my Uncle Hap would come over with, with my dad's cousin, Peter. And they would all three of them sit, sit in the, uh, the den and smoke cigars and tell stories and laugh. And so I definitely attach that fondness to it when I have a cigar.
3: Do we picture Piff in 40 years as old show business? <laughs> <laughs> Walking through the casino in his bathrobe, smoking a cigar.
2: <laughs> totally danger fielding it uh, as he goes to the Flamingo. Five? Five years? Five yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I like that everyone, everyone listening is picturing him in full dragon skin smoking cigars yeah. outside a hotel.
1: <laughs> Maybe he'll wear the bathrobe over it. <laughs> I was, I was.
0: <laughs> so let's go. Uh, let's go over uh, Foolish, shall we? Sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: We got a couple of ad spots. We should probably run through, don't you
0: think? You think we should do those for now. Let's do those now. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Why
1: not do those now?
0: <laughs> do those now. Get, them, get, get, them, uh, get people. Give people the information they need. Is there something interfering with your happiness, or is preventing you? achieving your goals.
2: Yes. You mean besides you? Other than you?
0: (laughs) No. BetterHelp will uh, assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service available for clients worldwide uh, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. This uh, podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And uh, Penn Sunday School listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Penn. You know, the, um, the pandemic's been tough. And uh, it's tough on families. It's tough on individuals. It's tough on everybody. And having someone who is a professional... Who can talk to you about your problems, can can give you some help, and can facilitate um, you know, therapeutic matches so they make it easy to change counselors if you want, all that stuff. It's really useful. I gotta tell you, I hadn't done much uh therapy. I use this um betterhelp.com, uh that's H-E-L-P, BetterHelp, uh, then slash pen to get your discount. And it's really, really useful. It's very um People know stuff. They know stuff and they can help you out. So if you, uh, if you want to get your life a little better, uh, give it a try. Now let's talk about uh, hair loss, shall we, Matt Donnelly? <laughs> sure. I'm in. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they are 35. Or one out of four on this podcast. <laughs> More than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness. There are only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair Hair loss. Keeps offers both. Keeps offers a simple, stress free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. Low cost. Treatment starts at just $10 per month, and Keeps offers generic versions. Discreet packaging, improving results. Keeps has more five star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. For you to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash P-E-N-N to receive your first month of treatments for free. That's keeps.com slash P-E-N-N to get your first month free. keeps.com slash P-E-N-N. Check it out. Check, Check it, out. it out. Keep your hair so you don't have to always wear a hat like Matt Donnelly is right now. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm committing to the hat. <laughs> so tell us, Matt Donnelly, what was Foolus like last time? Uh, it was a really fun
2: episode. It's a two-Fooler episode. You gave out two trophies on this.
0: Oh, yeah. There were some, there were some tough ones. Were they both Spanish? <laughs> Neither
2: one were Spanish. One of them I'm really curious about. Uh, one of them I fool the shit out of uh, me, which isn't saying much, but uh, it was one of Okay, I'll get into it. So, uh, first one up is Abby Siegel didn't fool you, but had a really original uh, trick that she invented, where she had an Etch-A-Sketch and had you and Teller select different drawings on a Wasn't that great? Yeah. Wasn't
0: that just great? That was such a smart, smart routine. Yeah. I really loved her. She was wonderful, yeah.
2: She's 19. Etch-A-Sketch. She's 19 and invented that trick. And then also, like, Look, it's hard to get things made. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know where... I, if I had this idea, I wouldn't know where to begin to get something like this done or have someone help me build stuff or build it myself. It legitimately looked like a great... etch. It looked... I don't even... I'm, for all I know, it was a legit Etch-A-Sketch thing, and I don't know how she did it. It
0: was a legit Etch-A-Sketch, yeah. Yeah. And she did the drawings for real on the etch sketch
2: Oh, that's really great. That's really great.
0: She was... Nothing wrong with her. She was great all the way across. Great trick.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we had, uh, speaking of Piff the Magic Dragon, Piff's friend, Noel Qualter.
3: Qualter. Yeah.
2: Who had a really great routine um, where he had a time-traveling app. So he had a person uh, select their own card, put it back on the deck, and then he tried to call uh, you guys in the past. Yes. They had a bit where they had two young kids who were pen and Teller. Teller uh, spoke in it, and then young Penn said, you know, if you can't be nice, just why don't you stop talking? And he said, okay, and then stopped talking.
0: Such a good bit. And he also called Piff, right? Yeah, and he called
2: Piff, and Piff said, I I don't live in London anymore. I told you, stop calling me.
0: Oh, that was an incredible routine. And I got to tell you, I hate doing this because it's really not fair, but I'm going to do it anyway. The method on that trick? Yeah. More amazing than the trick.
2: Oh, well, that's things. Yeah. So, so, and then he called himself in the future and it was his dad dressed up as him or whatever. And his dad was super funny too. Yeah. Uh, it was a really funny routine. And again, this season, having people shoot on location allows people to do really tight edits. So this was a really rap comedically, just rapid fire routine of him making a bunch of phone calls, trying to get someone to guess where the guy's card was in the deck before his dad, time traveling, his time traveling self in the future said, yes, I remember it's in the sixth location in the deck. But the guy signed a card, put it in the deck himself. He took out a vase. He put the vase over the deck and then uh, didn't touch it. And then had the guy pull it back out, count to six, and the signed card was there. Really well done.
0: When, uh, when Mike Close told us how it was done, yeah. we laughed and said, no, how was it really done? <laughs> And he had to send us video diagrams and pictures. Yeah, it was incredible. One of the greatest methods I've ever seen. I wish he tipped it, but he didn't because it's it's brilliant.
2: Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he had you guys guessing like computer chips in the cards and having some kind of computer communication <laughs> to the thing.
0: And it wasn't.
2: It just was technique, right? He just did it,
0: right? Uh, better than that.
2: Okay, great. Now, I mean, I spent, like no technology is what I think is what I'm hanging on. But great. Yeah, he was he was fantastic. Really but it's you know, very strong comedically and a strong fooler. It was a nice it was a nice thing to showcase on the show.
0: And a great guy. Friend of Piffs.
2: Yeah. Friend of Piffs, hilarious guy. Uh then we had Christoph Kooch. Koo Kooch. A mentalist from Germany. Uh he had uh Allison. Uh, Select a. He he was doing. He did a bit where the video talked, and then he, as a live performer with an audience volunteer, was quiet and cloaked. He had a thing over his head. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, a thing covering his hand, and so he gave Allison a choice of uh, board games, German board games. Allison chose one. He revealed, boom, underneath his underneath the cloth was that game. Then he had a bunch of jobs written down on cards. Had the person randomly select a job. She chose astronaut. He took the thing off his head, was wearing an astronaut helmet. Had to roll the dice. What was the number? There's six objects. The third object was a fish. She rolled a three. He took off the astronaut helmet and spit a fish into a glass. Right. And then you guys guessed what I thought was the guess. And then he, he said no. And then you guys went to the judges and it was a fooler.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: And I was like, and actually I remember at the t- I was there for, at the taping. There was a lot more discussion that happened before that did not make air.
4: <laughs>
2: and, uh, and and honestly, the, the, the retakedown of the, of the guess is what made air, so even your full takedown of his thing didn't necessarily even make air. I don't understand how this is a fooler to you guys.: But
0: yeah, I forgot the details, but it was kind of a technical fooler <laughs> that was not okay. one of the real one of the real um, robust foolers. But it was a fooler. Just- okay.
2: Got it. All right. <laughs> then I, I have one theory I can't say either that maybe makes it a fooler. But okay, good. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> a Funny routine. It was a really funny and strong routine. It was. Um, and the big, always the knock on mentalism is that you don't have like a, something that's very fun and visual, both by using the screen and then doing revealing and pulling things off for you to reveal stuff. Very big, strong visual mentalism. So it was, it was a very clever and funny routine. And the guy's a funny guy, so I don't. I don't. I want to make sure we get that in there as well. That I'm not just knocking the fool. Okay. <laughs> no. Then we had Ray Lum, and did you know, did you know Ray from around town or no? No. So Ray Lum, uh, he works behind the scenes with a lot of magicians as a prop builder and a prop uh, refurbisher, and works with Piff a lot. And he brought on a uh, the craziest arm chopper anyone's ever seen, where he had like a spinning blade and a 10 second timer that it cascaded down this long. Grandfather clock-like body, cut carrots on the way to cutting off his own hand, and then he stapled his hand back on his body. (laughs) And and, uh, no uh, attempt at earnestly fooling you guys whatsoever. None. (laughs) Uh, I just honestly want to show off the prop. It was fun. Is that I was working with Piff at the time. Ray was helping um, refurbish some of Piff's. old old objects that he had purchased. Um, if you saw Piff's show back there where he had like flowers disappear and reappear on stage. Right. It was actually like from like the ni- early nineteen hundreds that Ray helped refurbish. And uh, while they were working with each other, this crazy arm chopper that was on T V came on the market. There's only two available and Piff said he was going to buy it. And Ray went to the bathroom and purchased it and didn't tell Piff. Went back into the meeting they kept working with each other. Piff went to purchase it after the meeting. It was like, oh, shit, they're already gone. And Ray's like, oh, man, that's crazy. And it wasn't until they got shipped to him like a month later and just sent him a video. And it was him doing the full routine and he just sent it to Piff.
0: <laughs> 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 Piff will buy anything. It will buy
2: anything and everything.
0: It will buy it. <laughs> So
2: Ray really had fun busting Piff's chops about the arm chopper <laughs> routine. So when he showed up on Fool with it, I was like, this is the finest double-down I've ever seen. Uh. <laughs> 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 so uh, uh, that was Ray's performance.
3: I love the uh, contrast with the original version. How so? That there's, there's a lot of hurry-up when you actually perform the original version because it doesn't look all that great. Yeah. So you got you to gotta do it real fast. And this has the... High speed blade that's going in super slow motion.
2: Yeah, slowly descending onto the hand. Yeah. It, it was all great making Allison use a fake hand. It was a very fun, it's a funny routine. It's just a comedy routine, but it's great. Um, and then you brought on uh, your, your new friends, Amanda Seafried and Thomas Sadowski.
0: I, boy, do I love them. I just love them. Yeah. They're, they're just great. They're just the greatest couple in the world. And uh, you know how I met them? Uh, Amanda. Got a cameo for her husband. That's what it was. I was
2: trying to remember whether it was a talk show or something like that. No, no, it was a cameo.
0: She wanted me to do a happy birthday for her husband.
3: Speaking of cameo, somebody in the chat has thanked you for making a cameo explaining repeatedly mispronouncing a word in the ads. Yes, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> did you make? Did you make a cameo explaining something that never happens?
0: I did. I did make a cameo explain something (laughs) never happens. Huh. Fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) She wanted me to do a happy birthday, and she is a fucking superstar. Yes. And she was so excited. So uh after she was so excited about me wishing happy birthday through cameo to her uh to her husband, um she wrote me a thank you email and I wrote her, you know, I'd like to ask you a big favor. Would you be willing to let us do a trick for you? Because she's a big star to be on Fool Us, you
2: know? As a, as a matter of fact, this podcast, we didn't say her name. You teased that, oh, I had to do a cameo for someone and I think we got them to go on Fool Us. And you wouldn't say who they were. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this was that, that tease. Was, it was Amanda Seafried. who is a gigantic star? Gigantic. She was in the Mank recently and done a ton of big movies.
0: And when she, was, uh, when she wrote back to me, it could not have been more flattering. It was like, you're kidding. You'd let me come on the show? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, Amanda. Let me talk to the heads of CW. See if, they'll, see if I can wring some arms.
0: They're going to let you be in movies too, Amanda. <laughs> because you are a really, really skilled Talented, famous, and beautiful. Yeah. Those things all make us want to do these things with you, you see. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think I know
2: someone who appreciates that. I'll see if I can track them down.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and her husband is also fabulous. Yeah,
2: very talented guy.
0: Incredibly talented. And uh, they look, I mean, you, you, you're you doing a trick for them, and they're just two perfect-looking people.
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you guys did, a um, I, I love this routine, so I'm trying, I don't know how to describe it perfectly, but this is a really funny routine. Um, is it based on Johnny's version of this trick, uh, that you uh, got, you and Teller did? It's triumph, right? You do yeah, triumph yeah. for them? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, kind of, sort of ish. Yeah. Okay. But, um, you know, people usually misremember, uh, Penn and Teller. Yeah. As our routines having a lot of conflict. Like, oh, you're always beating up Teller. You're always fucking up Teller.
2: Tom and Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That is rarely the plot. Rarely. No. I mean, over, uh, over a thousand bits we've done, it's been the plot of maybe five. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, but we use it on this one. We use that plot. That's it. With yeah. Me interrupting Teller. And that, like. And, uh, because we use it so rarely, it's a surprise, you know. It's a surprise, and also it's this hilarious dynamic of you
2: pretending to stop Teller from doing things while you both do something. Yeah. That's what I think is really hilarious. It's like it's, well, uh, you playing referee between uh, Amanda and Thomas versus Teller, uh, while secretly it's just you versus those guys. You know, yeah. it's really funny.
0: Well, we use this technique all the time, is I portray... Very convincingly, someone who can't do jack shit. (laughs) (laughs) So when I do actual moves, people are amazed. Do you use any sense memory for that? I use sense memory. It's all sense memory. (laughs) I I find that spot and use it. So we use me doing uh, magic moves. And I think even though people intellectually know that's what we're doing, they still emotionally don't believe it because they just think, well, he must be fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a, um, it is a really powerful thing. Yeah. To grab a deck away from someone, tell her. Yeah. To stop him from doing a move and then do the very move I'm saying I'm stopping him from doing. Yeah. Myself at the same time.
2: That's what I love about this routine. I love the 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 <laughs> you 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 playing referee while actually not being referee whatsoever, and it's really funny. <laughs> not being uh, fair. And then as you, <laughs> as you heighten the comedic bit of you stopping from even using a broad gesture to do magic, you must use a tiny yeah. gesture. Was really a funny cherry on the cake on that.
1: You should learn the Spanish words for
0: those. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy good trick. Yeah, it's a very good trick. It's a very good. And by the way, we did that trick before we did it for Amanda. We did it um, a few years ago on the Today Show, right? Or Good Morning America. Okay. Those are interchangeable to me. I don't know which one it was. I understand. Uh, Glenn's probably furiously texting you now to tell you <laughs> what it um, We did it on there, okay? And... Um, Right after we did it on air, right after we did it, Pax yeah, came on and started doing that trick. Now, because he's a motherfucker. <laughs> so he had, he had seen us do the trick two weeks before on TV. Then he comes on our show, sits down, and does the same trick for us. <laughs> now, as soon as Kostya starts it, we didn't know Kostya well then. Right. Matter of fact, I might have been the first time we ever met Kostya. Uh huh. We say, Oh, this poor bastard, man. Oh, fuck. <laughs> poor guy is doing the trick that we just did two weeks ago. <laughs> what what bad luck. This poor (laughs) Russian refugee has got (laughs) Because, you know, the poor bastard might have had a chance of fooling us. But lo and behold, we just did this trick. We know everything about it. (laughs) So we relaxed. There's a moment in the trick where there's something you kind of want to do in terms of showing. Uh-huh. And you can't do because there's sneaky shit involved. Got it. So Teller and I are just watching, going, We know every beat of this thing. And then he fans the cards out.
4: <laughs>
0: and we go, Oh, you, you can't you can't do that the way we did. <laughs> <laughs> so we went from completely relaxed and smug to hardcore, clutching (laughs) with our fingernails, dead panic. (laughs) Wait a minute. He didn't do the trick we did. It just looked like it. Yeah. It's just a lot better than our trick. (laughs) By a lot. Now, if you want to go and look up, watch the Amanda Siegfried bit. Yeah. And watch uh, Kostya's first appearance. I'm sure they're both on YouTube. Yes. And compare the two,
3: you will see what we mean. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's a
0: lot better than us.
3: (laughs) I'm going to guess that Glenn is fiercely texting right now that the uh, CW version is available on the CW app.
2: Yeah. yeah.
4: (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm
0: sorry. Yes.
2: And in general because you guys play by the rules it's very difficult to find your tricks isolated on on YouTube right because everyone else doesn't play by the rules and you can get everyone else's individual tricks no problem on YouTube but right <laughs> but, including mine uh, but uh, uh, you guys I talked to Glenn I was like I can't search for like you know anything you've done on Fool Us on its own and he's like Well, we we told we signed contracts to say we won't do that yeah we don't do that and everyone else does it and no one seems to care <laughs> and I was like
0: all right, I'm just letting you know that. But uh, I'm really eager to have people watch our version and Kostya's version to really show um, Teller and I do that trick as really clever routining and really clever all sorts of stuff to um, make that a very good trick. Kostya has all that stuff plus A kind of blinding, raw skill that you're just, it's just really rare. As a matter of fact, I will tell you how he does it. (laughs) He just does it. Oh, got it.
2: I mean. That's what makes it crazy.
0: What makes it crazy is what it's supposed to look like you're doing, he just does. (laughs) So it's almost, in a certain kind of way of looking at it, it's almost not a magic trick. It's almost purely a juggling trick. You know what I'm talking about, right, Ready?
3: Yeah, and he's also got, to make it more clear, he's also got that with the reaching into the deck to get your card deal. Yeah. With the, with the dribble. Yep. He can dribble cards and just get what he wants out of it. Yeah. In real time.
0: Gosh, you can do anything right
3: you know and the funny thing
0: is that there's other guys who are on our show that parade themselves as mechanics and aren't really that much performers right but Kostya is as good a mechanic as anyone I've ever seen plus I think a wonderful performer
2: yeah he's a he's
0: a big time performer as well yeah and he's never done time for murder yeah, exactly <laughs> why do you have that time to practice? Must be some sort of Russian gene. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ukrainian. Let's be fair. Ukrainian. 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 Let's Ukrainian not get in gene. trouble here.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was a good show. It was a good show. Uh, how many more are there coming up before
2: we're done with the season? This was, it's tough now because you split the season seven and a half. So I'm trying to think of 20, you've done 21 episodes. So probably five more episodes? Yeah. Probably five more episodes
0: this season? Hey, boy, the stuff we got for the new, uh, the new season coming up is really fun, really good.
2: Yeah. Really great. It's going to be very exciting.
1: I like it when people do tricks that you know or you think you know. Yeah. And they've just changed a couple of things to catch you like that. I think it wasn't wasn't the first John Archer, I think, right? In the first yep. The first Fooler. The very
0: first Fooler was a guy doing a trick we knew how it was done. Yeah. We didn't know how it was done.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. It's a great thing. It, uh, it must be great to be on the other side of it and sit at home and say, ha, 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 those smug <laughs> bastards are being taken down. Um, when you are the smug bastard being taken down, it's a little embarrassing. <laughs> so um, Francis McDormand is an incredible actor. Yes. Yeah. I mean, crazy good actor. Yeah. Now, this movie she did, which is badly named Nomadland. Yeah. Uh, Nomadland. Uh, it's just this story of someone living a nomadic lifestyle in the United States. And the director, uh, I forgot the director's name, but the director is a genius. Because the director uses... I believe two or three professional actors and everyone else is just the real people. So you've got Frances McDormand playing a character while the person she's acting with is the real person. Oh, Chloe Zhao. Yeah. Chloe Zhao. Yeah. Chloe Zhao is so good. And her last movie was also this, um, she uses actors and non-actors together, which I think no one does because it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Frances McDormand said that she tried to live in her van while she was shooting the movie, and she was too tired to act tired. <laughs> <laughs> but Chloe and her partner, cinematographer lived in a van the whole time they were shooting the movie. And it's really fascinating. It's, um, when I first read the articles that this uh, movie was based on, it really looked like, uh, this is a hellacious way to live. You know, you go to the Amazon plant, Christmas season, and then you go, you follow where the work is, you know? Right. Yeah, sure. And live in your van. And boy, uh, even though it's kind of, slow, and sad. There's something very, very romantic about it. You could live in a van and travel around. Could you get up? I I think you could, yeah. Yeah.
1: Certainly one of my intentions is to do that, but in a boat, which is just a really slow van. (laughs) A van that will only go seven miles an hour on its best day.
0: (laughs) You believe you could be on a boat for um, months? Yeah. I don't think I'd have a problem with that. You'd be okay. Yeah,
2: my younger brother did that. He went on a boat where he like you know they all take turns cleaning and cooking and Uh he brought his guitar and he he loved it.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: How many people? He said there was like thirteen people on this boat. That's a big one boat. boat. It was a big boat
1: or very crowded. (laughs) It was both. You know, it wasn't wasn't
2: like some yacht. It was it was a boat. It was a sailboat. It was a big one, but it was thirteen people living on it. So.
1: No, I would like to do that. I'd like to try to circumnavigate the globe.
0: Now, was he, uh, was your brother the professor, the millionaire?
2: (laughs) Or was he Mary Ann? Oh, no, no. He was Gilligan. (laughs) He he was was Gilligan, for sure.
0: You would like to sail around the world, Gouda? My experience is going to
1: be can Gilligan be the captain? I, I, would, I, I would. I watch videos. I read everything on it. I, I, your family sh- wouldn't go with you, right? Mm, some of them would. <laughs> well, Teresa's not going to go. No, she gets seasick. She might fly to meet us places. But she
2: also saves people. She's a nurse. Don't take her. She
1: not take her. I know.
0: <laughs> exactly. We need her.
1: Yeah, put the juggler in a boat and send him off. That seems like a good idea. <laughs> no
0: problem. No problem. <laughs> and your son would go with you?
1: Yeah, my son wants to go. But we have places we want to go. You know, we want to go to to Seal Island in South Africa, where the where the uh, the great whites jump out of the water. Uh, you know, we want to go to Camp Leakey uh, and see orangutans and uh, Komodo. A lot of spots. He wants to sail into Sydney Harbour. We, we've talked about it a lot. Would he be skilled at it? Would he be good? Uh, I I I think he might be. He's good at learning stuff and very good at routine. He'd get there, right? He'd get there. Yeah, he might not do it right away, but he would get there and nail it. You know.
0: Now, what are the chances, Godot, that you actually do this? What are the odds? Uh, all the way around the world or
1: just buy a boat and sail it? <laughs> sail it for a couple of months? Buy a boat and sail. Buy a boat and sail it for a couple of months, I think 50-50. I think 50-50. I'm pretty set on it.
0: How much does been, this cost? How much money do you have to have to do this?
1: Well, it can vary wildly. You know what I mean? I can get a, a, a $12,000 boat and then spend $25,000 fixing it up and go do it. Or I can get a $250,000 boat. And it, the, the difference is the $250,000 boat is, would be a catamaran and would have room for my wife to be comfortable and uh, less seasickness involved. And you go faster too. A little faster, yeah. That's the theory.
3: The question is, are you going to be piloting this boat up to happiness? Because money can't buy happiness.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I like that quote. That's what David Lee Roth, right? You can't buy happiness, but you can buy a really big boat and pull right up next to it. (laughs) (laughs) I think he knows what he was talking about. Now, uh, what do you eat? Well, you, you provision where you are. You know what I mean. You buy vegetables, and uh, some people fish. But how
0: long uh, between your, your 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 ports? The longest sail
1: you would do would be from uh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, to the South Pacific, and I believe that's. For most people, twenty days, twenty-one days, eighteen days—not
0: terrible, not terrible. It's
1: not terrible. It's not terrible, and and you can choose. A lot of people uh, sail to small places and and drop anchor and stay there for a week or two weeks, and then sail back to town and buy some more provisions. You know, and people have uh, you. You can get a water maker, and you can set up solar panels, or you can run a generator, so you can have electricity, and you know, with the satellite phones and stuff now it's all you can get internet everything's available
2: i had a friend uh, when i was in the virgin islands for a year a friend who's a dishwasher from alaska yeah bought bought a, a got like a deal for like 800 bucks got himself a real sailboat <laughs> yeah. off of somebody and the first time there was going to be like a big storm coming in he had to move it and he was so bad at sailing he couldn't even get it like around this one peninsula. <laughs> you know, he's going to move it from one bay around a peninsula to another bay yeah. to save it from getting damaged in the storm. And I came back to visit him like two years later and he took me out sailing and we went out sailing for the night right. and had a great time. And he was telling me how he just sailed to St. Lucia uh-huh. and uh, he just came back and uh, he is still out on this boat to this day. He became a boat person and he just sails around the world.
0: See, this is the question. What do you do I mean... (laughs) Practice your Spanish? No, no. uh, You mean like to
2: get money, right?
0: No. I mean, what do you do? You're you're on a boat. You've been on a boat for 10 days. You get up at 8 in the morning.
2: Yeah.
1: You've probably been up. (laughs) There's probably two or three of you who are doing watch in four-hour shifts. And so someone is up... While the boat goes, it's on autopilot, but it, that doesn't mean it's going to not crash into another boat or
2: into some or chunk or of something. Or something's going to wake you up. Yeah. You know, some big wave or big fish going to wake you up. <laughs> and then all day you work?
1: Yeah, you work hard all day. <laughs> no, I think you uh, fish. I think you study your languages. I think you listen to music. I think you maybe
2: watch movies yeah constantly checking on things is the activity you are constantly navigating the right. elements and interpreting information and around you.
1: The common way of describing is is you sail your boat to fancy, cool, exotic places and repair
2: the boat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you go to Tahiti and work on the boat
2: <laughs> and when you arrive at places, it's a it is the cheapest way to be in expensive areas is you know mooring fees and things like that are very low. And if you, can, if you can
1: anchor out, it's free. Yeah, or you can pull to a dock and plug in, or there are mooring balls that you can rent for whatever.
2: It's a total lifestyle. It's the total. It's just a total lifestyle thing.
1: I like. I kind of like the idea of the independence of it. I like the travel of it. I.
0: But see, I can do. I can do everything you're describing. Everything you're describing without the work where I am right now. that's exactly right
1: yes you can and i'm just looking for a little more entertainment than you (laughs) i want when i look up to see something different (laughs) you know what i mean yeah see you're you're happy with that i don't i don't get the quite the same satisfaction from that
2: it's even like people who do cruise ship performances and stuff like that. I always go like, doesn't being disconnected from everything drive you crazy? Like doesn't like you, you go away for eight months, you come back to the different places, and that's what they love about it.
1: Yeah. I've done cruise ships, and it's like that. It can be like that. Yeah. And what made me decide I wanted to sail was uh, sitting on a cruise ship in in the middle of the ocean, out of sight of everything, and there being no wind and no movement. And feeling like the boat was sitting on top of a contact lens—just amazing, crazy—you know, clear, beautiful water, no wind, no waves, nothing. And I thought, what would happen to me if I was out here by myself? How would I feel? What? What would? What would happen inside my head? Would I freak out? Would I love it? I have no idea, and I still have no real idea of what that would be like myself.
0: I was on uh, a cruise ship yep. in the middle of the China Sea with Jay Leno. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Leno had exactly uh, my point of view. Well, Jay Leno was,
1: uh, yeah, Jay Leno was the same as you.
0: He did a show the night before. The next day, he'd finished his show at 10 p.m. the night before. Uh, it was 10 a.m. And uh, there was a kitchen area. And he was came in. Grabbed a cup of coffee, sat down with me and said, well, uh, what, what am we doing? What are we doing? I did a fucking show last night. Now, uh, if I, okay, the ocean's beautiful. I've seen that. I got a cup of coffee. Let's get the fuck off. What are we doing? What are we doing? Are we doing? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> he said, I can't stand. I'm doing one show. One fucking show. Tonight, I'm going to do no shows. I, I'm sitting here. What am I doing? What am I doing? Yes, it was really nice. Last night was really nice. I finished my show. I went out. I looked at the ocean. It was pretty. What are we doing now, Pen? What are we doing? What are we doing?
1: <laughs> That's Leno.
0: I said, I, I don't know. We're just having coffee. He goes, well, I, I go to my room and what? I read? I, what do I do?
1: <laughs> your, your, your life is about doing shows and writing. And mine, I feel, is about exploration and animals. And my interest in those things. And so that's what drives me forward. So I understand that where do you sit? Where do you sit in this, Reddy? <laughs> Are you going with me? You gonna gonna take up one of the cabins?
3: Can I walk there?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he gets very seasick. If the answer's no, I'm oh, out.
1: he does. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> and what about you, Matt Dodley?
0: No, I
2: uh I don't like uh I'm a I'm a very social connected person. I define myself kind of socially. I don't I can appreciate isolation as a tourist. I can appreciate isolation as an experience. You know, like I hear about places people were checking to like, you know, some place where everyone doesn't talk for three weeks as an experiment or something like that. Like that stuff is exciting to me. Taking a sail, I'd love to sail from like Puerto Rico to St. Lucia as like a thing i will do once in my life
1: right you could join us for two weeks you can come yeah yeah it's not <laughs> that'll be great i
2: don't have the lifestyle i don't i don't have the brain that enjoys that palatial isolated thing
0: heraldo heraldo rivera invited me onto his boat with cheech Marin. <laughs>
1: so i know what we well, some of you're going to be doing
0: <laughs> he had a boat we had a boat i walked from the dock to the boat I walked down below the boat. I said, "I can't fucking stand up here. Get me the fuck out of here." That was my entire relationship. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when I shop for boats, one of the things I look at is the ceiling height because I would like you to come and spend a few days. <laughs> and I know that if it won't work, if it's you know six four, it's going to kill. Well, you
0: could either you could either do that or get you know John McCain's old tiger cage from Vietnam and put me in that. <laughs> Well I can neither stand up nor lie down.
4: <laughs>
3: even if I didn't get motion sickness, I would still be on team pen here. <laughs> I can read a book at home and not have to scan the horizon for pirates.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> like even the most like poser thing, like like riding with real ranchers as they move cattle from one location to another. I get into that idea knowing that I'd be the most like lame touristy version of that like, <laughs> i I do like experiences of uh, tourist experiences of other people's lifestyles. I still like that stuff, but I can't commit to any of them.
0: I would love to do that. I would do that with you all right in, in a second, I would love it, but you have to promise me I won't have to work.
1: you won't have to work
0: because <laughs> <laughs> if you say. Oh, starting at 2 a.m., it's your watch. I'm saying, fuck you. We're going to die. If you say, you better cut up the carrots now, I'm going to say, they don't need to be cut up. i am just eat them.
1: <laughs> no, I, I won't, I'll bring you on as a tourist, as a guest. <laughs> yeah. Not as crew. You're not coming on as crew. I know that. Good. Good. <laughs> you know that beginning of Moby Dick? I would presume that the carrots would be fucked up if I asked you to cut up the carrots. (laughs) Even if you said, absolutely, I'd love to, I would presume, well, the carrots are probably going to be fucked up.
0: (laughs) You know, Melville writes in Moby Dick about how he always goes to sea as crew. He talks about how strongly that is. He would never want to be a tourist. I read that bit and just go, Melville was so fucking high.
4: Right.
1: Yeah. No. His, what's his exact quote? It's like whenever I feel like slapping the hats off of people.
0: Yeah, yeah. I take to see. But that's a, to it's see. a different section I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, okay. Whenever it's a dark November in my soul.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you picture uh, like street performing on ports when you arrive?
0: I, I think I would like that.
2: I mean, I don't expect to make money
1: doing that, obviously, but it would be fun.
2: Be fun to pull off a show.
1: Yeah, be fun to do shows. I, you know, we did shows in Cuba a couple years ago. Mac and I and a couple other folks, and it was a blast. Just not just in front of a garage, on some side street, and it was a blast. That seems amazing. I would love to continue doing that. All I need now is a good Patreon, (laughs) really, really good one. I,
2: I, I put your chances higher than fifty percent. You sound really. Uh, determined to do this,
1: been reading about it for 15 years. And like I said, well, every time you ask me what I'm reading, I'm reading storm strategies for sailboats or <laughs> how to repair diesel engines or you know, what anchor system
2: should I use? <laughs> I, you, you either need a really good patron or a boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're more likely to get a boat from a listener I think but
1: <laughs> oh that's true you know there are a lot of boats that are worth less than, than yeah than anything really they're a whole Well, you know what they say
0: <laughs> there <Yeah>. are two <laughs> the two best days in a man's life the day he buys his boat the day he sells his boat <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're gonna get
2: a deal one day that's what I think you're missing both
1: of those great days. <laughs> there's all you know there's a um there's a um a route that you can take where you go up the Mississippi through the Great Lakes out up into Maine through the canals and then there's an intercoastal waterway down the east coast of the U.S. where you can sail all the way around Florida and only do a short portion of it out actually in the ocean Really? Yeah. Wow. So, and then you could, you'd pull into a different city every night and pull into the dock and
0: go to the Four Seasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could,
1: you could go to the Four Seasons.
2: <laughs> a friend of mine did a, did a uh, comedy pop where he had a jet ski down the Mississippi. Uh, he regretted it. Spoiler alert. He <laughs> uh, said one of the oddest things that happened was he got stopped at one point by park rangers who were like, no. This whole area is electrified because of these predator fish that have been introduced to the area. Oh yeah, and they're trying to protect wildlife. And so you will, uh, you will hurt yourself if you go if you proceed to <laughs> so get the jet ski on like a trailer and drive around this particular area. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go back to doing the thing you hated, which is jet skiing down the Mississippi.
0: <laughs> How many days did you do that?
2: Oh, it took forever. I forget. It took him like it took him like ten days or something like it's that. It's a long. Oh trip. Christ! It's a long trip. Yeah. He <laughs> he was like, "Do not do it."
0: Okay. Well, maybe maybe someday in the future there'll be a podcast <laughs> from Godot's boat. But yep. in the meantime, that was Pet Sunday school. That was Penn Sunday school. Cha cha cha. You become naked. Oh, What are we calling this one? <laughs> I'll go on a boat as I don't have to work? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, flying airplanes, the same thing. Who cares about flying <laughs> airplanes? Having a look at the charts and all the dials and shit. Someone else flies the airplane. <laughs> you know, I love you. That whole idea... Of finding a way to move myself through the world. That is someone <laughs> else's job. <laughs> Mine.
1: Mine <laughs> yeah. to move you around. <laughs> I got a pilot's license. Everybody <laughs> else to thank
2: there? Yeah, I want to thank some uh, new patrons. Episodes. If, if you want to join the over 540 people supporting us over at slash pen, you can be thanked on air along with Mark Mamboket, Zach Wozniak, Dead Possum, Ethan, Paul Atkinson, Michelle Yezer, Andrew Murnane, Harlan Liam Clark, Stephen White, Lancey Menchu, Central Park Owl. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much.